Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's episode, I welcome back returning guest, Joe Puyesi. I was really excited to get Joe back on the show. It's been about four years since we last talked, uh, so I was excited to hear what he's been working on, um, what he's just been kind of doing photographically and whatnot. Um, if you're not familiar with Joe's work, he's a really great portrait and entertainment photographer based in Los Angeles. He's worked with clients such as Vanity Fair, Fortune Magazine, ESPN the Magazine, and Apple, to name a few. In this interview, we kind of talk a little bit about uh, Joe's early days in photography, kind of finding his voice as a photographer. We also just kind of talk about um, how he handles this kind of uh, modern day with social media and how it's easy to kind of compare yourself with other photographers and the competition aspect of being a freelance photographer. Now he just kind of navigates that himself. Um, and we talk a lot more, um, but really excited to have Joe back on. Like I said, he's one of my favorite photographers. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. And thanks so much for listening. All right. I now welcome back returning guest, Joe Puyesi, a.k.a. Joe Pug, <laughs> a.k.a. The Sourdough Don. <laughs> welcome back, man. <laughs> nice. How are you doing? Good. I, I, I want to be known as a, as a baker. How long have you been baking? I mean, kind of forever, but at varying levels. And I think now I'm about a C plus, like baker. Bullshit. I see your stuff. Yeah, you're like pretty good. It's not. It's definitely fine, but I'm not pro mode. You're not gonna pull a Norman Jean Roy and build a photo <laughs> career and go full, full bread mode. I, I, I'm definitely not gonna make a business of it. I already, I already ruined one hobby by becoming pro. I guess. Um, but good to see you again, man. Um, I saw. I was actually. I was gonna ask you. I saw you in Hetherington. Did you guys go to Morrissey recently, like a week or two ago? Uh, that is a super long story. Let's yeah, yeah, geez. It might be kind of NDA. Okay. <laughs> but you guys, let me, say, I, let me say I had an opportunity and, and was 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 invited to Memphis and, and to do a portrait session, and it didn't work out. But... Yeah, still got some someday. Still got to see the show, of course. Yeah, Were, are you always been a big Morrissey fan. Yeah, yeah. Begr- I begrudgingly so that, but I'm not. I'm not ashamed. It's a big, a big, big influence. Morrissey or the Smiths? I mean, grew up with both, but I saw a lot of early Morrissey solo shows when I was young. Right. Yeah. 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 It looked fun. Shout out. Heather. I mean, yeah. And then Hetherington was. Uh, he's regional, so he. Uh, he drove out and we had a really good time. We had a really fun weekend. He he, uh, you know, we met up as kind of like a little travel travel weekend. It was fun. Yeah, you guys been boys for a while, twenty twenty years. Uh, he always, I mean, twenty years at least. He he and I definitely have known each other through all the stuff, and he's just always been like a, you know, he's one of the first people I knew personally who had like a very distinct style, and it kind of like made me, you know, we were we were coming up in the times where you kind of like were a jack of all trades and he was the first person to have a real stamp on what his style was. And, uh, it always influenced my like desire to make a real look. And you know, you don't think you have a look. I do now. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm telling you, like if you saw the early assignments, it was, uh, whatever you need. I, you know, I, I was, I was a, I was a worker bee and it was great. I'm glad I did that. But, um, you know, it took a while to sort of cement what it is I love to do. What do you, what do you, I love Hetherington, shout out Hetherington. What do you like about his work? Because your guys' work is so different. Oh, because he's, yeah, we're so different, but he's unapologetically Irish. Like he has that sensibility of like, he's very tongue in cheek. His sense of humor is very dry. So 
he's a perfect example of like, if you look at someone's photos, who's really good with their brand, you should be able to know what that person's like. Yeah. Like I just, his personality oozes through. It's very, it's very smart and very dry. And when you meet him, you're like, of course, of course you take those photos. I, I miss. And every time I see him, I'm like, bring back what's the Jack and Jack and Nori, Jack and Nori which yeah. was like this blog. Anybody listening, uh, Andrea had this blog like early 2000s. I think it only went for like three or four years. And it was, no, it went later, long, longer, yeah. longer than that. But it was just kind of like, it kind of almost inspired me to do this in a sense because uh, he would do this kind of industry stuff. He had, had this one series where he would go visit photographers in their studio and just like this video recorded. Yeah. And it was just for me, there was nothing like that because this was like pre-Instagram and it was just kind of a uh, peek behind the curtain a little bit. I miss blogs in general. People were just so uh, intentional about it. It also took some time to like look at it. It also took time to make. I mean, people who did blogs back in the day were like very intentional. I mean, the photo editor started as a really cool insider blog. Also, he was photo editor was anonymous. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. His Twitter feed was like, you know, kind of like revealing the industry, which is he's, st he's still doing, but like he was working in it and talking about every shoot that he commissioned and we were just like blown away by that sort of knowledge base. You ever get into writing? Writing? Yeah, you ever try? I mean, I, I write like, you know. I feel like, I feel like, a, I feel like a Joe Pug blog would be like. I'm a, I'm a, you have, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I don't know. I'm a failed English major. I, I always enjoyed, you know, writing and, and, and literature, but uh, I get a little too worried. Like on my treatments, it's always like, yeah, maybe, Maybe say less. <laughs> it's like I, I get into like the oh really the language of it all. Yeah. So you will you do all your treatments yourself? Because I know some people like there's like companies out there that do them, or you do everything. You bid too much. I mean, we bid too much, and the hit rate is not you know our too hard. our at bats versus our you know I don't know what the sports analogy is, but like we're up for way more than we get. It would just be enormously expensive to hire anyone. So you like do all the design like I love it. I mean I, I worked with the designer to create the initial sort of design thing, but like I, I do, you know, I I do the progression of it and I love pulling I love doing bids. It's crazy. Yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying the Joe Puyesi interview. Uh real quickly I wanted to tell you guys about Pick Drop, an image transfer tool I've been using almost every day for three years now. Um, personally I'll stick at platforms like Dropbox and WeTransfer and wanted something more catered to photographers. And with PicDrop, it was actually created by a working photographer who still actively shoots himself. So they really understand what photographers need and are continually offering new tools to better organize and help deliver images to clients. Uh, with PicDrop, I can easy, easily organize all my photos in one spot, make custom folders for each job, and also send video files one of my favorite features on PickDrop is that clients can make selections and leave notes. So it really kind of streamlines my workflow when working with my clients. And PickDrop is a product I use every day and can personally recommend. I even got to go out to Germany earlier this month and meet the founders. Um, it's just independently owned business. They've been building it themselves for 10 years. And they really just want to work with working photographers. That's, that's all they kind of cater towards. So they're always looking for uh, feedback. If you ever have issues... Um, their customer service, you're actually talking to a real person. Um, they're really easy to work with. And, you know, I can't vouch for it enough. Um, so with today's episode, um, if you use the promo code BANTER, when you sign up, you'll get two free months of PickDrop. So all you need to do is go to PickDrop.com, enter the promo code BANTER when you sign up, and you'll receive two months free. So go over, give it a try, and let me know what you think. 
And back to today's episode. Since I talked to you last, well, I've talked to you in between, but since the podcast last, I guess what have you been up to lately? I know before. Well, it's been a crazy. Let's preference while you're here, Alex. Oh, oh yeah, while we're here. <laughs> while you're here. There's no need to have another Joe Pogan. You did it already in like 20, I don't know what that was. It was like three years. It was prehistoric. 2019, I think. Yeah, you came back, bought his back and they, you know. And you, were, yeah. you came to shoot Tom Brady, but I never saw the photos. Did you? Uh, I mean, they were for the watch brand, so the photos are a little okay. bit like hidden in the world. Okay. Um, what's that? Did I talk to you before I shot him? Uh, yeah, you were there. Yeah, you, it was like you had a day off before or something. Right, it was okay. like a scout day, and you came over and yeah, we 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 did the interview or whatever. Yeah, I mean Boston. Yeah, Boston is a, its own thing. What do you think? I mean, I've been to Boston a lot previously for editorial stuff, but um, I mean, is Tom Brady's not a Boston guy? He's like a Bay Area guy. Yeah, he's from, like, yeah, like from my my yeah, hood, Palo Alto. Um, Tom Brady is like insanely nice and easy to work with. So that was that was a good a good vibe yeah. um but uh no we're here because nobody ever asks alex questions it's crazy you deserve your own episode i don't know i want to do just the episode so like we're gonna have to just get at it all right yeah whenever <laughs> you can take over man. well there's a lot there's a lot to go over um i you know i i i guess we got in contact really early on in your in your uh yeah, in your I, podcast even, journey, even before my podcast, uh, early days of Instagram, I remember like sending either like DMing you or something, and you, I was just looking for advice like on my my own photography. It's probably almost like how long has Instagram been around? It's been like over ten years, right? Mm. And it was early on, and you just gave me some like real quick, this kind of like um, uh, tips or whatever, this, huh. or or like your input on like a photo I shot. Oh, right on. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, I do love that. I do love. I do love the conversation with with anyone, um, and it still happens. I love. I love that people are like, "Hey, you know, people have all kinds of questions, and the community is really tight." But like this podcast that you've done has been amazing to watch because I think the first time, the very first time you reached out, I looked at your list, and it was probably like five names on it yeah they're all men and i was like i'm gonna wait for this to flush out a little like i don't need to add to that that like yeah yeah <laughs> like you know like i don't know it just seemed like you were on and you're on a good thing and then immediately after i mentioned that yeah and you really branched out to not only like you know sort of diverse subjects but but diverse um uh niches in photography which I, you know, since, since that time, um, you, you have really kind of like nailed all corners of, of photography, which I, I mean, I'm just going over the list now of like 20, wait, 200 and 250. Yeah. 250, something like that. Jesus. Um, so that, you know, the thing I like about, uh, about these things is who else, you know, who else is doing the archive and i always think of like what if somebody had a podcast in the 70s you know what i mean and the 80s with you know with people who were contemporaries of each other then it's like you know would we have a P peter hujar like interview like you know all these like heroes of ours you know even a, like mary marilyn mark when she was you know doing movie stuff like it would be unbelievably like a, a gold mine and oh yeah so when you're in it and you see a new episode and it's, you know, the latest one was Atiba who I know. And I was just so psyched to like hear his whole story mm -hmm. when you're in it, you're like, cool. But like, imagine 20, 30 years from now. I mean, have you had this, this idea of 
the first and second lives of of the podcast or just kind of keep at it and and it is what it becomes i like um i like revisiting people like this is our second one like the first time we met we never had really met in person before you're kind of feeling each other out Mm. so i like having people back again to see like what they're up to and like it's cool to see people's progression um but for me it was just like i lived in a small town I didn't have like a group of photo people. Like Boston's not a big photo city community like New York or LA. I don't know how LA is, but there's not like a ton of events or whatever. So I just wanted to wait to like, I just love chopping it up with people, having a human experience. Mm-hmm. And that was really the kind of the goal. Cause I felt like I was just like off on my own. And I would, I would read PDN when it was around. They, they would have like photos from like different industry events and stuff. Right. And I was like, how, how do these people know each other? Like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I would see like Heather Tate or whatever at one of these events. I was like, I want to be a part of that someday. Yeah. And I just like had to figure out a way to do it. I mean, you totally did that. Yeah. And I, I kind of didn't know, like you always ask people's background on photography. I didn't really know how you got into photography. Like when was that a early on or a later thing? Did you have another like uh path and then you found photography or were you into it from early pretty early like uh even when i was a young kid i remember my dad he i think he like won like a canon ae one in like some work <laughs> raffler like one of those things he was like a sales guy so it might have been like a sales incentive or whatever and i remember this looking at it it was always this like nice camera like in my parents like yeah. covered and i would just like even as a young kid i would like not even shooting photos just kind of play with it yeah like like just click it and look at the viewfinder and things right. like that and then finally um they had like a night class for photography at the local high school, but it was mostly like older people. Like, were you in high school? No, oh. I was like twelve, maybe. And uh, they weren't even gonna let me take the class. It was mostly like older couples or people that it was like a night thing. If you wanted to, okay. they had in my town, and my mom convinced them like, "Hey, you serious? Like, let them take the class." Nice. So I took it, and I was just kind of learning. Oh, that's early. Yeah, learning about like depth of field and this like. You know, shooting all the things you normally do when you first like flowers and train tracks and graveyards and all that shit. Huh. And then <laughs> I really started taking it more seriously um, when I got into skateboarding, which is around yes. 13. There was like a local skate park near my town. And then I, wanted, I wasn't like the best skateboarder, but I loved it. And I just started shooting photos of my friends skating. So good. And then at this kind of, I was lucky enough, I kind of lived in this time in Boston where bunch of my friends growing up became pro skaters wow and they were really good so i got to shoot for some of them yeah like my first mac photo published was in slap magazine nice which was like part part of thrasher and this really kind (laughs) of cut my teeth to shooting skating it's amazing i mean i i i knew that you were into skating and everything but that tiba interview was so rad because it's like you have like an encyclopedic knowledge of skate and photography. Like you knew every photo he was talking about, you were describing like, I, you know, you're like, oh, I know that picture, that was this. And he was like, no, that was the other one. And you're like cross-process. Like, you, I mean, that is definitely like a, a a world that most people don't know about. I'm sure it's with you because you love cycling. So you probably, I always say like skateboarding, if I could like monetize the useless knowledge I have for like skate right, videos right. and skate magazines, like yeah. it's just like this memory thing because it was just, it was my life. And back then, pre-internet, it was like every month when the new trend, mag- the magazine, yeah. and then there was like 4-on-1 video magazine, which came out every other month. Right. And that was when you'd see like the new hot tricks and like skaters totally. out in California. Oh my God, it took so long for people to like learn the trick. And I mean, it's so instant now. Yeah. But you know, it's funny that pairing hobbies or passions with photography 
it's like the people are like, oh, I used to go to shows all the time. And then I got a camera and I shot those shows. It was like, you get a camera to like record your own life. And it's a path into, you know, a higher level of photography because it's, it's honest and authentic. Right. Yeah. The only thing I wish, and I was talking to, I ran into my friend, this uh, PJ Ladd, who's a really like legendary pro skater. I uh, grew up in Boston. I was lucky enough to see him. Um, Girl Skateboards had a 30-year anniversary show. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was amazing uh, on Saturday. And I hadn't seen him in a few years. And we were just kind of talking about growing up and like shooting. I was shooting photos of him. And he was just kind of getting his start being a pro skateboarder. And I was just telling him, I was like, back then, I just didn't have the confidence. Like, I wish I had the confidence to like approach people back then to photograph them. And I was like, at that time, I looked up to him because he was the best skater in town. In, in the in the country at, at a certain point like and I and now I wish I I wish I had all these pictures but I feel like that's for me that's been the journey with photography totally. it's not so much a technical thing like anybody can learn the technical shit especially now because of like YouTube and lighting tutorials you can take workshops mm. but I don't, okay not everyone but it's e- no, no, but, the, but it's like, easier but it's easier yeah for sure there's more knowledge out there but I'm saying for me like I feel like I got better at photography when I got more confidence in myself and dealing with people. And that's when I feel like I got better. It wasn't so much a technical thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah completely. And I mean, everything is such a, uh, such a curve and it seems like listening to your podcast from day one or at least the first, you know, mm-hmm. year or so, uh, to now I notice your ease which you, I mean, if you if you go back and listen to it, twenty seventeen, you're nervous. Yeah, you're nervous, and that's the so endearing about it because yeah. it's like, it's actually unbelievable the list of guests. I don't think there's another archive like this at all. I mean, there just isn't two hundred fifty, and and you know from Platon, Sophie Holland, like people I just super admire. Like these are the top industry um, people. Emily Sure, people are are my friends. It's like that you know, all the way to someone who's really niche in a secondary market, you know, and, and, and killing it, you know, having just as much interesting stuff to say. Or also a big thing I've always tried to stick to is it's not just about photographers. As you know, this type of work you do, you can't make the work you do by yourself. So I try to have like digital techs on, I've had like hair and makeup stylists on yeah, agents because everyone is a part of the photo community and they all play their role and you know sometimes those people don't get as much shine as like a photographer mm-hmm. who's like whatever the star or uh, uh, get yeah. a lot more of the attention so i really because i i want to hear about how they approach their job like completely because it's all it, to me it's all interesting like yesterday i interviewed this kid aj who started this company negative supply that makes like these really cool um devices to help you instead of scanning your film you photograph it with a DSLR camera and kind of getting to hear, hear his story because he's like not a working photographer really right now, but he's part of the community and yeah. professional photographers work it. And there's just so many elements to the photo, photo world, I guess. Well, how's has your list of uh, people that you've interviewed help you get, it seems like it's a snowball effect where you, you start toppling a few like art drivers and stuff and then people are like, oh, that seems legit. Yeah, definitely, because you know? it kind of like... Uh, I don't know, like, it's almost like getting hired for a photo job. Like, if they look at your website and you work for X, Y, and Z clients, the photo editor is going to be like, oh, he's got experience. Like, he. I mean, I, I can speak to that. I'm like, I need this. I need to know what this is about a little bit more. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it was cool to be uh, contacted so early in the game. But I also don't take huge risks on, like, 
you know, just sort of like yeah, yeah. I'm 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 a little like conscious of putting I'm a little reserved at like, you know, who's asking what it's about. It just feels like it's sometimes it's just flooded. Yeah. With um that's that's why I appreciate you doing this and the thing getting to know you more and become friends over the last few years is like the thing I really appreciate about you, man, like you still I, from assisting to doing the podcast, there's plenty of people who you know, might get jaded. They just don't have the passion for photography anymore, which is totally fine. Like people's lives change and their interests change. But talking to you, you really still love the photography and you help out so many young photographers, be it advice. Like you, I know for, I don't know if you still do it, but you'll let people use your equipment mm, and you, I do. you have like a genuine enthusiasm. And that's the thing that like, I appreciate more than anything. Cause there's like even photographers who I've interviewed who I'm not, I don't even really like, their work's not really for me. It's not the thing that I love, but I appreciate the passion they bring to it, their output. And that's the thing that gets me excited more than anything. I think so much has changed in the last, I mean, you know, I've been at this uh, a couple of decades and it's like, you know, what five, what would change in five years, 20 years ago now changes in about six months. It's wild. I mean, it's so massively, you know, tumultuous. And so if like photographers aren't talking to each other, and especially now it's just like the amount of, <clears throat> coffee meetups I have and you know I'm kind of an in-person guy I don't really like talking on the phone or zoom or whatever so yeah, yeah. I might do a lengthy email reply but like I really like meeting people and I've been really lucky that you know people come through LA or people are in LA and it's uh, I think I like photographers more than photography sometimes I'm just like this is so it's such a um it's a tough a tough business to be in. It's really, I mean, it's like music, I guess, or acting or something where you're just like, I love it so much. And it's incredibly hard, you yeah. know, to, to just like a, make a living at it, B keep evolving, C, you know, um, feel confident that, you know, something better is around the corner. I mean, it's, it's, I don't envy like in this sort of like, um, how fast things are turning over right now. I, I'm, I want to, offer some comfort to people because it was in a lot of ways easier when I came up because it was like a little bit more of a straight path. Like if you assist a magazine might have a quarter page assignment for you. And then that quarter page, maybe a call you back for a half page and just kind of like there was a progression. And now it's like without the magazine structure, mm -hmm. it's hard because new photographers shoot for brands direct and some brands are small and won't pay and, you know, and then, rights and usage is a big like mystery and it's all changing. So I'm like anyone who needs to bounce something off of me. First of all, I'm like, I don't, I'm not into storytelling. I don't want to tell you like what, how it was when I did, except for perspective, like there, you know, there have been photographers who called me and going like, Hey, I have my first, I have my first shoot, you know, next week or whatever. And I'm like, great. And they're like, it's a cover of, New York Times Sunday, you know, like something like epic. And I'm like, wow, that would have taken like 10 years like to get, but like, you know, they're the right person for the, for the, for the job. And, and that's a double-edged sword because I've also seen, and I talked to my photo editors a lot about this is like back in the day we were developed as photographers. So we'd stick beat, they'd stick it out with us. Like if we had a so-so assignment, they'd keep calling and be like, there's another one. There'd just be more volume. I was transactionary. It's well, now it's just sort of like, yeah, we tried that photographer. It wasn't that great. Let's try some more of the photographers because there's so many photographers. And so it's hard to get developed now by clients. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that development is is lacking, which just calls for community helping you develop, you know, based on your personal work or 
you know, some other thing that you've got going on, it's like, you're not getting developed by clients as much anymore, but you should be having, you know, you should have a community that gives you feedback. Yeah. I, th I feel like for me, like the thing I've learned, this is like year 15, like from graduating college and going from assisting to shooting now, I feel like the hardest part is like the first like 10 years, uh, at least for me, like I really didn't start feeling like I'm doing okay, like in the last five years. And I feel like if you can find a way to stick it out and stick around, I feel like I'm slowly starting to get stuff come my way just from like being around long enough to like meet people. Well, I've, yeah. I mean, I've seen your work uh, develop too. And I, you know, I had like a, a real reaction to those black and white baseball portraits you did on a hustle blow. And I was like, yeah. I want air, I want every version of this. I want to see 50 <laughs> of these just because it's like, I also have like, you know, it might be just like a, you know, I think all photographers are slightly ADD. Like we're just so inspired. We just want to see a lot or, yeah. you know, or, or get like, get, drawn in and and not distracted yeah and like when i see it a big series of something and something i you know i like to do is like can i dig into to something and it's really hard now because we do one or two good photos of a subject and we're like on to the next and i'm like i just want i want you know like all our books you know by our by our by our heroes are all made from like these big deep dives of 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 projects or you know like uh, or a singular thing and so i just loved the um the honesty and and beauty of those portraits because we all like i don't i don't know anything about baseball i don't really care what they're doing but the humanism and like a, a seated portrait um just feels like vulnerable yeah. like you know i'm really big on like where's the softness and people you think are tough like that yeah that's you know. the funniest thing with those guys because they're like those kids are it's the cape cod baseball league and they're only like 20 years old most of them and they're all this like you know 20 year old is baseball players is like hardcore and and like trying to get them to do a portrait like they're all trying to like be goofy sometimes and have to like get them to yeah. do like it which is tough and uh i love that so i look forward to it every summer it only goes for like uh seven weeks or whatever in the summer and uh i've been shooting that same team for like 13 years mm -hmm. and now i'm like even 13 years into it, i'm like fuck do I got to start over and then shoot everything on square on a house of blood now? Cause it's yeah, this. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Joe did. Yeah. No, but, um, like you went to RIT. Yeah. Uh, I just learned that on uh, yesterday and on the he, team. Oh yeah. Cause we recorded it there. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then when you left RIT, what did you go back to Boston? Yeah. I went back to Boston and they started like photo assisting and had a ton of like random part-time jobs in between. What like, kind of photographers were you assisting? I worked for a lot for this guy, Tyburn Nimith, who's a really great, like, uh, mostly did like advertising and lifestyle, but mm -hmm. like just a really good guy and was open. He he spent the time with me because I was like, at that time, like I just didn't understand how any of the business work. Like, mm -hmm. how do you do an estimate? Like, cause they don't really teach you that shit in school. That's wild. Like they had like one class, they had like one class, like senior year, like this is this, mm -hmm. it was literally like one class. And, uh, he took the time to sit down with me and kind of talk to me about like how he kind of runs his business and like how he found clients and like kind of yeah. his thing. Cause I was just like, at that point you're like, how do you do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those conversations are massive. Like, like, you know, to just have the, to have somebody just kind of like break it down. I mean, I, I assisted Art Striber way back when, but he also got me in with his agency at the time, which is CPI in New York mm -hmm. and Jeff, you know, the owner of CPI, 
allowed me to work inside the agency. Like it wasn't photo assisting. I was literally like, I did dupes, you know, for the syndication. We used to like shoot Chrome yeah. onto Chrome so that they can sell the dupes. This is really, you know, no, it's dating me, but no, this, yeah, I was a kid. This is great. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, but I saw all day long, they were making syndication deals. They were, you know, they're also agents. And so they, they had like Nigel Perry and it was just like a massive, uh, like peeling back and then I would deliver for portfolios to like entertainment weekly and stuff. I was like an Aaron yeah. kid. And I mean, that was probably 10 years of experience in like six months. It was crazy. Yeah. Cause that's like the hard thing. If you can't, you don't know what's out there unless you have access to it. And, and that, that could be like, how do you get a job? Like, what do you charge? That's, and I mean, it's like, if you don't have like some connection or know somebody or, you're really just kind of like lost out that's why it feels so easy for me to like have a conversation with someone because it's like i see the the you know the vacuum of like real lived experience being shared Mm -hmm. and you know you mentioned youtube and i've been wrapping my head around youtube too because it's like you know what is generally on youtube is like very high level amateur photography like yeah it's like gear you're not gonna see frank's method you know, but if you assisted Frank, you'd be like, oh my God, you just did 10 setups, Yeah, you know, and you have 40 different cameras and somehow you still put the subject at ease, you know, in, it's funny cause I look at, sometimes I look at like cinematography stuff on YouTube as well. And I'm kind of like, yeah, this is that same like peak amateur stuff and photography is the same. So it's like, you're not going to get, you know, a real like idea of like how to you know use grip light through a window all that stuff that like saves the day unless you're assisting and you know even since talking to you i don't see and you know i kind of have mixed feelings about this but i don't see young photographers getting into shooting through assisting it's just not happening i know so many photographers who've gotten you know a real break in the last four or five years yeah or two years and uh they're generally not coming from the assisting world. But then, I don't know. Yeah, because I came the traditional way and, uh, you know, but I work for plenty of photographers. Like I work with this guy, Gary Land. I don't think he really ever assisted. You can do it, but yeah, it is, I feel like it is much harder. Like it's, there's this, the thing you learn from assisting is there's this like a way to produce a shoot, be on set, obviously you learn lighting and technical stuff but then like dealing with the client and there's this like a shorthand i feel like you don't if you just jump into it i don't know it's like a little tougher yeah i mean i've seen it's i've also seen that you know the way people shoot change because of that also there's not you know if you're an assistant freelance you'd have to be in kind of a big market to like string it together you'd have to be very good there's less kind of opportunity a lot of people you know new photographers do they're either DIY or they have one person with them or, you know, and you can see it in stylistically. I just know a lot of amazing photographers who might do a shoot for the New York times by themselves. And I mean, that's, you know, yeah, I, I work by myself like most of the time, yeah. except for like random little ad jobs I do occasionally. And then I actually did a shoot for ESPN like three weeks ago. And that was like, it was cool. Like I was, like, yeah. I was like, that was my dream. Like I got the, they had a wardrobe stylist, a hair, and makeup, nice, nice gaffer, and it was like, that's right. I was like, man, all those years of hard work finally paid off. And I was yeah. like, that I realized like, because I, I never really worked with like a wardrobe stylist like this, and she was just so good. I even called her after. I was like, thank you so much, because it like, 
it just brought something to the photos that like I oh, couldn't man. do. It made the clothes look good. She even like had thought of ideas like, hey, put the jacket like this or whatever. And I was like, full on unsung heroes too. Cause that's like, if you look at like some of your favorite photos, it's like, think about, you know, hair, makeup, wardrobe, glam, you know, as equally as important for a lot of, you know, impactful photos yeah. as lighting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The hair and makeup too. Cause I've definitely like been on jobs where they like hired someone who there's a difference between like a hair and makeup person that does it for photo shoots and then a person who does it like for weddings or whatever, <laughs> like not to knock weddings, but it's just like a different thing. And I've been on some shoots like early on when they kind of went cheap and they, and it was just like, they don't even know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> like, it's, it's, but when you get to work with people that like have the same passion that we do for photography, for their craft, like I was saying before, that's why I just have such a respect for no matter what anyone does, if they have the passion and are doing the work, like I, I appreciate it and, well, and getting yeah. to collaborate with them. I'm amazed by wardrobe too, because like there's the pull, you know, there's a lot of like back and forth. There's a lot of setting up and then there's, you know, just stuff. And then if you're working out of town, they're like bringing, you know, it's just, it seems like a real, um, tough, tough go They're You know, they're, they're doing the returns the next day going into the next one. So yeah, I, I always love when somebody brings some passion to it too. Cause it's like, it has to be, you know, worth it. Definitely. You know, I was curious, like you say you came up under art. How long did you work for art for it? Only about, I mean, I knew him because, you know, so like, I think we talked about it before, but I came up through newspapers. So I came to the LA times mm -hmm. when I came to LA out of college. And then I did, I think about three years at the LA times and wanted to do more. And yeah. I had a mutual friend who knew art and I reached out to art. I didn't know anything uh about that world i didn't know what a c-stand was and you know i was already like a professional photographer you know so to speak but i did not know because what was art I, shooting at that time when you came up? oh he was killing it i mean he was like it was a big when in style magazines their their thing was like at home but art had already been in like milan so he did you know he did fashion and you know we do reduced i mean he was he was also like he could do it all and i think you can tell still that he can do it all yeah. um so it's it was unbelievable but we're you know back then again i'm telling stories i, I hate being the guy on the hey, we're gonna go back and forth it's a back on, on the rocking chair you know <laughs> um you know it was so technical back then you know we had to light you know like you just can't like i'm, I'm thinking about it now it's like there was no such thing as a not lit cover yeah as we were shooting iso 100 chrome rz was he shooting? he was a big rz guy i think he though. started when i was assisting it was pentax which is a big yep. pain in the ass and he switched to rz yeah and uh rz was all i used for 10 plus years in the same rz he <laughs> was like tank they, i didn't have to like buy cameras it was crazy but yeah i mean he i assisted him for a couple of years and then he got me that opportunity in new york um so i went there and got exposed to like you know the the level I I wanted to to be in, then I came back to LA. So, but the question I was gonna ask is like I kind of had this problem when I because I assisted that guy one that one guy Tiber for a long time, and when you assisted around someone making work, at least I did, my work started to like kind of like look like them. Did you ever have that with art, like or? I mean, you you learn to light, you learn, and I've seen this with people who who work with me. It's like you learn like a get out of jail free card. You know, <laughs> you like hey, look, you know, I might want to try something else, but. At the end of the day, I know this thing will work because I've, I've lit it for 
you know, for, for someone else, not for, I mean, I've been told to light it. That's a, a big misconception. And we can talk about the idea of, you know, uh, photographers and, and, and lighting. Okay. And what do you mean? I elaborate. Uh, so, I mean, just to answer your question, yeah. yes, I thought I had to be art yeah. and I didn't, I don't think my work got good until I just tried to be myself. Yeah. And that, that was a big thing because also arts, you know, he is a multi tasking genius and I don't think that that's really my thing. He does also a lot of research with portraiture. I don't really like to do research and you know, like he just has a way which is so great and it makes his work so amazing. But you know, if I tried to mimic that my entire career, it just, I would never have taken, uh, it would never have taken hold of what it, what it is I'd like to do. Yeah. You gotta be yourself. I don't know. But with the lighting stuff, what did you mean by that? Like, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> So there's a world of filmmaking, right? So if you, filmmaking has a, you know, a hierarchy and a village of people who come together to make a film. So yeah. You can't just, you can't do a you yeah. know, proper film by yourself. You have editors, yeah. you, have, you know, you have gaff, you know, electricians, all that stuff, but it's very departmentalized. Yeah. Um, photo is an interesting comparison in some ways but i don't think the history of photography was you know for like what we do it was a studio experience you know um you would go to somebody's studio to get a portrait done i feel like the avadon era changed that you know he invented a lot of um a lot of work methods for like you know he was the first to really like look after copyright i mean you know the things that he changed in the business sort of took hold and then like, you know, I've always tracked like that was at Avedon's studio, you mm -hmm. know, there was no Smashbox. It was like, Avedon. if you had a shoot, you'd go to Mr. Penn's studio, you'd go to Hero's studio, you'd go, you know, like these were, that was the way in the eighties started the super studio rental kind of thing, maybe late eighties, nineties, um, with like Industria in New York. Um, and it changed the structure of it, but like someone like Annie, so, so massive. I have, you know, and she occupies a huge part of my, my brain, but, but it's like, you know, she started that like movie film set, you know, kind of, um, yeah, remember, structure. Yeah. I remember you talked well, a couple months ago, we were talking with Annie and, uh, you were saying like, you, you feel like she kind of changed like editorial photography. Like, yeah, I mean, she invented it. I'm not invented it, but like, you know, what Avedon was doing, Penn was doing was, you know, it's funny because if you look at like, I think about Avedon a lot too. It's like, yes, his monographs are fully unbelievable and edited by him and he had a very strong point of view. But if you look at the daily work, like if you, if you scour old Harper's bazaars and stuff, you'd see just like assignment work. Like it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like it, but Annie, I feel like set out to, you know, make sure that she was doing Annie every time. It wasn't like you'd see like a, like a, half-assed anything in Vanity Fair in the 80s. It was, like, massive. Yeah, her work's, like, interesting. I thought, oh, that's, I mean, she's the goat. Like, like my favorite work of hers is that book of uh, the American Music book with all the artists and mm -hmm. stuff. And it's interesting to see her work because it changed so much. Like, what, like, mid-2000s, she was going with all the digital stuff. It was a lot more post-processing. And then and she, her work's, it's just been interesting to see, like, it seems like she's not afraid to, like, try something different 
And I think uh, it can go either way. Some people like it, some people don't. I guess like to to bring up these sort of legends for me is not like it's not even a taste level thing. It's like a Peter Lindbergh or something. They're just so undeniable aesthetically. You don't even have to like them to realize how much they influenced photography. Like people are like, oh, I don't know about Addie. It's the same thing or whatever. I'm like, it's the same thing because she invented it. Like yeah, it's like you know, yeah. she's just. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Although she also had her own influences and Avedon had his influences and you know like it, there is a, a cyclical aspect to it but to go to go way back to the question which i think yeah you know we we have a lot to talk about you and i yeah um but the question about lighting directors the you know lighting and photography so the movie industry had a you know director working with actors and making the entire thing and making all the choices to like where this whole thing is going captain of the ship type of thing um, and then cinematographer sort of deciding, you know, how it's looked, how it's lensed and how it's lit. And then a gaffer, you know, working with, so it's like this total team mm -hmm. photography for me, you know, you come up with a, you come up with your own voice, but at the same time you sort of have to execute it. I mean, there's just an interesting thing of like how important it is in my mind and this isn't just being old school i just feel like you know when you see lighting is so important in a still it's not you know it's not a, a movie where you're moving in and out of the good light you know or you're making it natural when lighting has its own voice somebody's got to create that and i just can't imagine it not being the photographer mm -hmm. and so i've had conversations with photographers are like you know i can't find a good lighting assistant for this job coming up and i'm like you know, it's just a different, it's just a different, like different mentality. And I don't want to, I don't want to discount it because I think it would be amazing if you, if you could articulate to a person what you want and they can do it. I think yeah. that's fantastic. I don't want to get lost in the weeds of gear. Yeah. This is interesting. That term, I find it, it's more of a LA New York term. Okay. Like I don't feel, you don't hear it like lighting director or whatever. Hold on one second. I think vacuuming right there. Yeah. You, you left off with the yeah, I got it. New York LA. Yeah. So the, I feel like that's like a new term. Like what are they like lighting director? Cause it, I, I remember I was assisting and someone flew in from, um, I think LA or something, a photographer assisted and they, they use that term. Like, cause you don't hear it in Boston really. That's not a thing. Yeah. And, uh, it's interesting. Cause then if you think about like an artist, like, uh, like Jeff Coons, like he doesn't actually make his work. Like he has a team of people and it's like a different thing. So I don't know how I feel about it. Cause I kind of agree with you. It's like, if you I don't love, you don't know how to light. It's not, it's not even really how to light. Like, you know, I've, I've directed motion pieces. I don't know the names of, of all the motion things. Like I was on a shoot and we were using Steadicam and it was so beautiful. Steadicam and like anamorphic it's just like the sort of dream kit you know ari alexa and it was like all day running around doing all these beautiful portraits and i had so many questions for the camera operator like i was just trying to like pick his brain and stuff and finally at the end of the day he goes well you know the the, the two entry-level jobs on a movie set right it's pa and director <laughs> it is true it's, it's, it's like a bullshit <laughs> yeah and i was like all right fair 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 because i was just like i was like you gotta tell me everything about what's going on and he was just like rolling his eyes like cool i'm glad you're directing and i've been in the business 15 years <laughs> it's like but it's it's you know it makes a lot of sense that like there are different tracks but like for for photography like and you know my dear friends who 
hopefully won't know that I'm blowing them up. But like one of them said, like the shoot was good, but my couldn't my my assistant couldn't get the Irving Pen light that I wanted, and I was just was like, you know, got the Irving Pen light all the time. Irving Pen, Irving Pen killed it. Yeah. Like somehow he didn't miss on that lighting, and it's just because it's a top down like, you know, no, it needs to be you know. Side, more side lit, more contrast, less fill. Like you just need to learn the language of it. I'm not saying that everyone needs to know or even own kit. That's why I like, you know, letting people borrow my kit. Cause I'm like, who cares? Like that is, you should play with it and know so that when you get on a job, you're like, that didn't work that time. It needs, you know, it needs way more contrast or that, you know, that's not that pleasing or we need to flag half of it. Like that is the stuff that takes time. And I have seen because of the structure of the industry now, it's like not a lot of budgets, but I have heard of like, ma you know, magazines, uh, a magazine hiring a lighting director before they hire the photographer. Really? Yeah, that was new to me. Yo, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, if you got hired by a magazine, they're like, "Yeah, we already got a guy ready for you know, I, you know he's the, gonna do your life." There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like you know, I I really don't want to be, you know, like <laughs> things change. I'm not yeah. I'm not expecting anything to be how it used to be. Yeah, but maybe because of just how I came up or something, I couldn't imagine like agreeing to that. I just would be like, "No, that's okay." Or like when people, you know people um hand their retouching over yeah you know to someone they've never worked with or aren't involved i'm just like i can't imagine not at least having a a one-to-one -one relationship with anyone who's handling you waste you do all your retouching oh god oh yeah but I, mean, I, I love it but i'm not good at skin and i'm practically colorblind so it's like, like do you do color though because i know like some people i do a color color voice and color move okay yeah i'll play with that and i'll do i mean the jpeg and the eip or whatever it is that i create is mm -hmm. very close to final but i can't beautify you know i can't i can't do you know the really technical aspect so i work with people who know exactly you know what like the revisions get less and less when you work with someone more yeah because they know your voice because that is the hard thing i would use like multiple retouchers and I'd just like test them out and i'm just like and it's not that it's bad. It's just like, oh, that's not for me. Do you do you send a like a match? Like do you send like I'll get, I'll get, yeah, I'll give them like a rough like what I want and like what I want to change, and then I'll handle color. But then like some people handle skin differently, and then just have a different look. And yeah. it's just finding someone that kind of yeah, it's just like that short. I mean, start to finish, I feel like you know pre pre production planning. You know, the shoot is a, such a small percentage of things. Sometimes it's like post to me has to be consistent. I just feel like you know back in the day, people had printers. Like they'd go downtown and work with their you know color printer, like a, someone in their dark room. That was the same thing as as retouching. It's just printing, you know. Yeah. Um, do you feel like? Can I look at your work? It's like. I would say it's like, like so not all of it, but it's like polished. It's very polished, I would say. Like, do you feel like you're like confined? This is because the thing I struggle with is like, when you start doing one thing, do you feel like you're confined to like doing that forever? Or like, I don't know. I mean, you certainly want to deliver on what people expect from you. I feel like, you know, I get paired with the jobs. It's not like a, I'm not just like a warm body in LA who can shoot it. I feel like now <laughs> it's like a, is is the shoot right for me? Yeah. I mean, that's the decision they're making, not me. Yeah. I would like to shoot everything, but like, you know, does it make sense? And then you have to be comfortable saying like what that is. And it took me a long time to define 
what makes sense. You know, I don't do like, I don't do like comedic. I don't do, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't do backlit beautiful on the beach. Like it's, you know, that's all great when somebody's voice is right for it. What do you say you do? Like, I was going to ask you, what do you feel like you do best? Like if someone, if you, cause this is the hardest thing to like describe your own work. Oh God. And I think, and I think it's actually like an important thing to be able to yeah. do. I mean, when I, when I have to describe it, it's a, it's a moment within it's, you know, I, I describe it as the ideal. Like if I feel like I really won at the, at the, at the session, it's, there's not a frame like it beforehand and it's not a frame after it. I don't want to burn through 40 pictures of the same thing. So I'm moving a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm directing a lot. I'm also humanizing. Like I want to like humanize people that might be overly praised. Yeah. Sort of bring that quiet moment down that we all have. I think most people are just quiet in general. Like, mm -hmm. so I'm not trying to like, um, I'm not like a high energy photographer. I'm pretty, you know, I like to work with the subject in a very conversational, slow down. I want everything kind of stretched out. And, you know, I also want to sort of elevate people who aren't commonly photographed. So, and like when I look at your work, like, uh, similar to like Thea Traff, who's a great photographer, she's really great with like hands and like having subjects. If that might sound weird, but like, no, it's totally. And, and I, I look at what she would describe and it. And I was curious because I love the work and even some stuff I was looking at your porch last night. Like, is it like you're asking people to put themselves and move their hands this way? And, and is there ever like a time where like, what the fuck am I doing? No, no, no. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know about Thea's process, except that she's absolutely my favorite photographer. I mean, I, she's, <laughs> she's, she's one of, one of many, just because I, I, I know her and yeah, I've seen her sort of like photographic journey. It's just like blows me away. I think. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think with like posing and, and that stuff, it, I, I kind of, I, maybe we've talked about this. I kind of black out. I don't know the things I'm asking for. It's a little bit out of body for me. I'm, I, you know, and I will ask for, I will take it way too far just to show that they're being taken care of. Like I could take it far where they're like, that makes no sense and stuff. And you, and then I'll be like, you're right. That was a little, you know, out there, but sometimes it, it works. Sometimes it's like put your hand over your head. It is I like, mean, which yeah, it, I, like, for me, my process is like, I don't want it to be ordinary. I mean, hands are, are so expressive. I think I, I probably lean on, on hand gestures as much as anything else. But, um, you know, I, I tend to get in close, like I pull back a lot to show environment, but you know, I tend to like, my favorites are like, I want to you to feel like you're sitting on the apple box across from that person sitting on the apple box is a very like close exchange. And, and I speak softly and near them more than I don't want to yell behind a camera. I just, I don't, I don't, um, I don't play loud music. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a session where my job is, and I, I close off the sets. Yeah. You don't want, I never understood those photographers who like want their assistant, like in their ear. You know what I mean? I mean, like, it depends on the job. I have, you know, Hussein, my amazing friend who, who helps me, he's a great liaison between clients on those ad jobs yeah. who have a million notes as we're shooting. Yeah. I can't hear that many people. So I he comes it. in with the ear, but like, you know, a, a session where I'm trying to elevate like somebody or make somebody comfortable. Um, yeah, that's my experience with them. And it even happened on like, you know, succession. We, you know, for those singles, we, um, 
we closed off the set completely. So it was one on one with them, and that's the most successful stuff from the shoot, I think. You know. And when you say closed off, that just means like who's there? It's just you, subject, and digital tech, basically. Like no, I mean me, subject, and one assistant. On that one, it was two assistants because we were holding the lights instead of using stands, so that we can do a ton of like yeah. they were like you know physical light stands guiding you know guiding it as we shoot but. i kind of like uh i like this how smaller crew like even like the, the job i did on monday it was just me i was doing a portrait shoot of this guy at his like little studio or whatever and it was great um because i found like on the jobs where it, it is a bigger crew it's almost like uh the subject can get distracted so easy it's like it, it reminds me of, like when i first started shooting weddings when I was starting off my career and you're trying to do like the family photo and then there's 900 people with their cell phone behind you trying oh, to take wow. pictures and they're like looking this way and this oh, way oh, yeah. and it, it kind of reminds me of that because it's just like they can get distracted if someone's talking over here and then this this person on the set is over here and it's like yeah. it's like wrangling like sometimes you know yeah but it's just yeah. different yeah I mean um those things are I learn and no real shoot is any no no shoot is a failure because you learn something other thing I was curious talking to you about is being a portrait photographer you know sometimes even however hard you try there can be shoots where it's just it's just like an awkward energy it could just be the situation you're in this where uh, wherever you're at do you just embrace awkwardness do you try to like fight through it to put people at ease like because it is because you i would do you still have that experience now at this point in your career sometimes when you go to i'm book? less affected by awkward energy and sometimes i like to harness it like i've I've had it enough where it's like you try to like get get into where is that even coming from and a nice thing is to try to sit in and get your picture taken because you're like what would make me feel good right now yeah you know and that that's you know i try to sit in for tests or whatever just because i'm like this is insane there's too many eyeballs or the light's crazy and then it's like so the awkwardness comes from really honest places or it's just like some like whoever someone's bringing like i don't know, negative vibes or something it just it creates tense i thought i mean i maybe i'm not even talking about subject you could just be anyway for sure yeah but you know you just you get better at um handling it also nothing is personal i don't take it as like that person was bad or yeah that's not a good it's just like it is a chemistry and um i definitely like to take it at face value and say like that's the spirit of today's shoot mm. it got weird if it's habitually weird then you have to look at your, your process yeah, yeah. So. but if it's you know something's off i'm like that's today like you know i i you know i think maybe coming from like newspapers and photojournalism you didn't have control so you would show up you'd read the room literally and shoot what was happening and you would not direct and so after years of directing my subject I sort of direct enough to find things that I can't direct. Like I direct enough to put them in a kind of situation and I look for the things I didn't ask, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that is really fun for me. It's just one of those things that like, Oh, I'm getting that thing. And, um, you just get more comfortable rolling the dice. Like I don't want to take the same, same picture. Um, or I don't want to know the picture. Maybe that's my, my resistance to research. I don't want to know what we're getting. Yeah. Like I just don't have, I don't do, I don't put a pin up reference or anything. Cause then it locks people in. Okay. I'll give you that. I was like, great. We got that. But like all my favorite pictures, I didn't even, you know, I didn't know it was going to happen or I didn't ask it's, for it. It's almost like, um, I mean, it's a weird analogy, but like, you know, like if you're like, 
you're sitting with someone, or maybe some of you don't know that well. Like, maybe say whatever, you're sitting in a car or whatever, or sitting in some room, and you're having a conversation, and there's a pause. Instead of, like, just embracing that pause, like, people feel the need to, like, keep going. It could almost be the same thing with a photo shoot. It's like, yeah, it might be awkward, but just, like, let it sit. Sit in that and then see what happens, I think, you know? I mean, this the podcast method must inform your photography. I mean, it's not that different. Like, can you let someone finish their thought? Yeah. You know, can you let... And also, like, the great interviews are, like, they come from that silence. Somebody who wants to fill it in might be more revealing because, you know, they said enough and then you don't say a thing. And then they fill it in with something even better, you know, and that, I feel that way about, um, about the photographic process, portrait process is like, I asked for that thing and I didn't ask for anything else after that. And you went somewhere, you know, that, that makes it, that makes it satisfying. It's also kind of like a, you have some hours under your belt doing it. It just, it, it becomes more, um, finessed and nuanced. And that's, I think that's the, that's the goal. I think that like the the best thing about this job, besides like getting to make cool photos or whatever, but the, and the experiences, it's just like I realized that like we get to interact with so many people. At least for me, like it's helped me just get be- better at talking to people, being a photographer, and then obviously doing the podcast. Where it's like a lot of people don't get to do that. Like they might just have a job where they're just stuck. Like mm-hmm. like their biggest fear is like talking to a stranger or something. And I I I love that shit. You, you must have you must have been outgoing as a no dude and i'm still not like i went to tiba's uh he had like a little photo show on saturday night yeah and like those environments like this i love like if it's his one-on-one or like a small group of friends or people or whatever but like going to like a photo exhibit where it's just like a bunch it gives me anxiety because i walk in and i feel like everyone knows each other and they're like best friends and i don't really know anybody and this i'm like Half time, like I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like this, this yeah. is me. Yeah, crowds are much different than one on one for sure. Exactly. But let me ask you this: Were you an only child or a youngest child? Uh, my, I have one brother. He's three three years older. See, I knew you were youngest. Oh, really? Why? I'm I'm always paying attention to birth order. A lot of photographers, I would say, if you did a if you did a poll, mm-hmm. probably the overwhelming majority would be either youngest, yeah. probably more so than onlys and onlys. I think very few oldest siblings are in the um in the in the position even within their family of being i mean i'm sure it's changing now but like of being trusted to just be creative mm-hmm. um and a lot of those <clears throat> older siblings end up as producers and editors because they're kind of like looking after looking after people it's an interesting like more, it's more interesting to me than astrology. In LA, everyone's like, what's your moon rising? You know, and I, I don't, I don't know that stuff, but birth order is super interesting to me. What are you, only child or you? I'm youngest. Yeah. Youngest. Okay. So do you feel like the youngest is more outgoing or, or not? I don't know about outgoing, but certainly maybe, I mean, this is a wildly wide, um, wide brush to, to paint with, but, um, I feel like a lot of youngest siblings had a little less pressure. The oldest has the like, okay, you're the kid. We're going to yeah. do everything for you make sure you do all the stuff. And the youngest, it's, I mean, I, I can speak to my experience was very much like, we're tired of, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're the third. It's just like, can you just like yeah. make yourself like busy <laughs> with whatever hobby you have? My parents are great. Like I love my parents. They're this chill. They're this like, as long as you don't do dumb shit, like don't do drugs and don't drive <laughs> drunk and all that shit. Otherwise yeah. they, 
they kind of let us do whatever um in, in that regard I, th I think strictness in parenting wears off a little bit you start strict <laughs> with your oldest and then and my dad was my dad was like if i ever catch you and your brother smoking cigarettes i'm gonna make you eat the pack <laughs> it was just like that type of shit yeah. my dad's a man but that's just like it shit he would say not yeah. that he would actually make us do that but right, luckily right. we never did but yeah. like i don't did you have strict parents growing up no no, no, not, not really. I mean, there was some like, you know, some order and stuff, but um, I didn't get as strict to parents as my, my brother and sister did. Okay. And they weren't ever super strict, but there was just a little bit more like expectation on them. They were more academic than me. And then, you know, in high school, I found photography in the dark room and, and, you know, that was all I wanted to do. So like, they were like, they didn't like do the math on like, can you even make a living at this? They were just like, just keep yourself busy. Yeah, great. Me. Well, what do your siblings do? <laughs> my sister's a judge. Oh wow! All right, yeah. and my brother is like a mechanical engineer. Holy shit, man! Look at like you're the one of those that everyone's a successful. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there there's uh, yeah, there there's uh, also varying degrees of just sort of like, you know, the ability, like mental or otherwise, to be academic. I just mm -hmm. didn't have I didn't have it in me to like you know um, kill it in all the grades. I had very a very laser focus about the things I loved doing. This is another thing I was interested in talking to you about. We're sitting in Joe's office right now. You're very or meticulous. Or this is an organized office. Have you always been like an organized person? Like if you go in your car, your house, are you this like OCD? Like I'm not OCD. I I like um I like it. this is actually pretty messy because we're dealing with some boxes from storage. But um, you know, I think less is more. It's not really that organized. Yeah. Um, it's neat looking, but I think under the hood is is you know is a little bit of chaos i just can't look at it like there might be stuff like packed away <laughs> that isn't that organized but no i mean also just like it came from a time when you know back in editorial days it was like 10 shoots a month you know constantly and, and half of them out of town so it was just like if you didn't have some kind of system yeah you'd be overwhelmed yeah you gotta stay organized um and you know one thing i was i, I talk about this with friends all the time i was is especially with social media nowadays it's so easy to like compare yourself to what other people are doing and really get down on yourself um or or see someone else working you're not even with you you've obviously accomplished a lot you get to do a lot of amazing jobs have you ever had that feeling do you have that feeling sometimes seeing like that type of thing does it get to your head like how do you kind of deal with that because it's like so many people i just have this conversation repeatedly and they just like beat themselves up. Like, and it's just like, it's hard. Like, I can't imagine that not being part of the creative process. I can't imagine not, not being bothered by, you know, people whose work you absolutely love. I just, it's just part of it. Like you, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to be like, no, I'm doing what I want. And everyone else can do what they want. I'm like, why did they, you know, how did they think of that? Like what, you know, that is such a great solution and it, comes from throughout history I you know I think a lot about singular images and I get them burned in my head for about two weeks I just saw who was it I think oh if you guys follow uh Regan Marshall on Instagram okay amazing editor and curator of, of images but he does these like born on this day um you know roundup posts of like different celebrities and every image is in photo of that celebrity I've never seen before. Wow. His research is unbelievable. He did for, for Jerry Lewis was born on this day. It was like <laughs> Jerry Lewis as a clown next to a TV, black and white, 
like hard flash. And next to him, it was a woman with a baby. I don't know if it was his wife and a child or whatever, but he had that sad clown face sitting next to a TV and a woman like in a moment grabbing the baby. It was his most powerful photo I've ever seen because it was like ungettable. Like somebody was there and that's the photo. And I'm like, to me, I'm like, if I don't try to create images that would be compelling 30, 40 years from now, then we're just sort of spinning our wheels. And I don't, I mean, I certainly don't get that, but like my bar is like, could this last? Do you feel like, do you feel like a competitive person? Like, were you like that earlier in career even yeah, now? You're like, or you're like, yo, so-and-so this shot this, and like, I need to do that now, and right? I need to set this goal, I need to. Earlier we, we, earlier we were definitely neck and neck because like, you know, if we were assisting, other assistants might get opportunities, and you know, that was healthy, but we always supported each other. Mm -hmm. um, I think now, you know, that competitive nature is just, law, I don't, I, you know, I'd rather be friends with the people who are making good work, and that's what has become, like, Anyone who like gets like when I lose a job or I'm on hold for something and then, you know, invariably Emily sure gets it or whatever. I'm like psyched. I, I go have lunch with her. I'm like, how was that? Like it, it's a hundred percent like at a place where I also don't feel, and maybe we talked about this, but like the idea of competition in what we do is, um, is impossible to even have because no, you know, and I have, I have beef with Atiba. He was saying other people can do what you do with yeah. a camera. I 100% disagree. Yeah. Like you cannot replicate anyone else, even if, I mean, look, if you're at a basketball game, you're all shooting, you know, un, un like processed, you know, raw files of, and you're, you're two feet away from someone else. Sure. But like in no one would shoot that, um, that whatever, that, gap jump yeah, yeah, gap yeah. ollie in, in the subway the yeah. same way he did if yeah. somebody said we're gonna do this no one would be at the same height as him no one would be light at the same or just you're not like your personality is different than mine like the way i'm gonna interact with another human is gonna be completely different i mean that's that's the goal if you can do something that someone else is doing then both people are probably failing at it you know yeah and then also like the idea that you're gonna get every job is just delusional it like i you're not going to get every job. Like that's just part of it. Like some people are going to win one day honestly, and you're going to win another. Honestly, like I, I want to say on the record, you might not get any jobs. Yeah. That does not discount the strength of your photography. Exactly. Like I, I have I, friends I, who are not even professional photographers. They're, they have full-time jobs. And yeah. like my friend Jordan, he does like street photography, this like in his own time. And it's like so fucking good. <laughs> like, also there'll be, there'll be life. You know, you don't know when that, when that work becomes important. Like I, some of the you know work I absolutely love is like nobody thought that was important at the time, and it just gained and gained and gained. If that person hadn't shot it because they weren't getting props that moment, mm -hmm. we would have lost you know so much so much work in history. Yeah. So yeah, I I would say like the mixing of uh, of wanting to quote unquote work and create work. I mean, those are two different categories. It's nice when they overlap. It's really nice. What did, what did you think? Because I've gotten a lot of feedback since the Tiba episode. Shout out. I love Tiba. He's, he's, he's the too. best. He had one thing that was interesting. He said in his mind, for the most part, he doesn't think photographers are artists. 
he called him. So he said he's not an artist. I mean, he said he's. A, I think that's totally fair. It's semantics. Yeah. Like who cares? I mean, he. You know, that that's his. That's his his feeling on it. I I think that there's no wrong mm-hmm. answer if you hold high uh, art in a higher regard, and we're not there. Great. If you're, but you know, Atiba shoots. So like, yeah. I don't care what you have a beef with and what you call. To me, you know, shooting, documenting, you know the world would be less or so if he never shot all that picture. So definitely, you know, I, I, and, and everybody, I'm just like, you know, the idea that you can put value on a shoot because of where it ran or if it was published or not, it just seems archaic. Like just like, just do shoot the world around you. It'll be important. I loved it. Like a couple weeks ago and I was, I I remember you went to like Patagonia like a year ago or something. Mm -hmm. And I hit you up and I was like, yo, where are those pictures? Like, did you, did you publish them? And you're like, no, no, I did it for myself. But I'm like, yeah, but did you like post them? And you're like laughing that I considered like uploading online, like publishing. But for me, I was just like, did you put them in the world? You know, that's like, like, I mean, everyone should know that (laughs) curation of our, our, public facing work is a drop in the bucket. I mean, I have so many shoots I don't post and I probably should, you know, Instagram now is a, is your website. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, I've gotten jobs from ad agencies or at least bids, you know, based on something I posted that's not on my website. I mean, my website is not updated like my Instagram is, but you know, it's one tenth of what I shoot anywhere. I, I'm, I'm, I want to do this thing. It's been, uh, I've thought about it before. I want to do like shitty photo, shitty photo Saturdays where everyone just posts like the shitty ass photo that oh, they've been. <laughs> like, I want to see the, like, that, see, honestly, like, I love all your new shit. I want to see the old shit. You <laughs> like, I want to say, I do though. That's the thing. Cause I want to see, no, like, no. because if it's a competition for shittiest photo, I will, t- I will take part because I'll win. But like, aside from that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm busy that Saturday. Yeah. And then also, I've seen it's, been pretty exciting i see you've been starting to share photography with your son like you guys process like 35 millimeter film like how's that been i mean it's awesome he it's not so much about photography for him he likes process so he likes the steps of it but it was really cool because he he i think was like oh it'll be you know step a b and c we'll get the final product but the final product to him I saw his face. It was the same face I had when I when an image came up in the tray for the first time. I was like, it is magic. Like yeah. kids I think should be exposed to the idea of um, you know, chemistry changing, uh, how something looks. Also the, the the real record is a physical thing, not a bunch of ones and zeros. And, you know, that would dovetail into like the comeback of film. Yeah. People are really I don't know what the thing is with film. I mean, it's like, uh, I know it annoys the shit out of people now. Cause it's it, like, it doesn't uh, annoy me. I, I think it's beautiful, but I think it's also in a lot of ways unsustainable. And I, you know, I don't think people should feel bad for not being a film shooter. If they're coming up and their favorite photographer is like, I shoot film, you know, God bless them. But like, um, I don't want that to be a barrier for anyone. It's a really nice aesthetic. Film looks beautiful. I do it when I can. I don't do it for work, but I do it when I can also, you know, we've talked to photographers who only did film when they were coming up because digital wasn't there yet. Um, we have massive PTSD. It's not cute. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean, so it's like, um, you can't be, you can't sort of take something on that's retro unless you never stopped. Like Frank, 100% film photographer, never stopped shooting film. Yep. He's not like, didn't get back into it, didn't like follow a trend, like so much of his process 
Frank Auchenfeld, so much of this process is tied to what that looks like. And that's a beautiful thing, but like, I love shooting digital. I love medium format digital. It just looks fantastic to me. Yeah. You still, yeah. You shoot, what do you shoot? Phase back or Phase, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I feel like not too many people are shooting that anymore. I know. I mean, and people are shooting with Fuji. I haven't yeah. played with that, but like, you know, I just think I believe in lenses. I believe in like larger yeah. sensors. That's probably going to go away. I'll probably, but I don't shoot any portraits on 35 yeah. at all ever. Really? So, but I love shooting 35 for other things. Yeah. And you know, one thing, uh, a few more questions while you go, uh, has like, what interests you in photography changed since you started or like just kind of your goals in photography? Like what, what are you interested in now? Like you've gotten mm. to do a lot, but like, what, what are you excited about? I mean, about? I, it's funny cause I have, I stopped thinking about like my journey and process. I absolutely love what I get to do and I get calls for stuff and I'm like, God, this is amazing. It's so dead on to what I want to do. I get excited. I get a smile on my face that I even get the call. But I'm way, way, and you know, this is probably why I'm sort of like open to all the phone calls because like I absolutely love getting that perspective on what it's like to start now or what it's like to start in the last five years because, you know, um, I'm not interested in being like old school or, you know, I, I, I do my thing. I love it, but I'm, I'm open to, you know, trends. And I just have a, I have excitement for, you know, um, the opportunity for a lot of people to create something that gets noticed. I mean, it cost a lot of money when I was coming up to do a promo, to mail it out, to take meetings, all that stuff. And now it's like, you know, I love the, I love the, the medium of, you know, and Instagram, maybe there'll be something else that's image-based. I think we talked about that last time. I was like, it's Instagram now. That's like five years ago. I'm like, it's Instagram now, but yeah, maybe it'll be something else. Yeah. But, um, but I just love that idea of self-publishing. Like when I, you know, when I was a kid, like zines were just as important to my aesthetic as a magazine. Yeah. Like, you know, we had zines made by local people and it's like those visuals you know, were as influential. So it's like the, the medium being more, um, diversified is, is great for photography. Just like make stuff, put it out there. Like even with this podcast, like I kind of, I still struggle with it now. Like I was so worried. I'm like, ah, is that going to be corny? Are people going to perceive it weird? Like, cause I don't want to be like, cause at the end of the day, like I'm a photographer and that's what I love. And that's what I do for, I don't make a living from the podcast, but it's like, I struggle with it now. But it's like, I enjoy making it. And it's like, I know people, like, be it a zine or a podcast or YouTube shit. Like, I don't know. I, you just got to put it out there. And, and I, Since you, you know, are in contact with every single person that you <laughs> that you want to. I mean, are there are there people on your hit list that, I mean, I know Annie's Fuck, up there. We're working on it, man. All right. Oh, I won't say anything. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hopefully. Uh, shit, man. There's so many. But even, like. I try to mix it up. Like, it's obviously cool to get to talk to people that are established and whatnot. But even like you're saying, like the same way you get inspired by like young photographers who are starting out. Like I know one of your good friends, uh, what Giancarlo. Yeah. He's that, the best. Yeah. Like younger dude, like, and just killing it. And those that's just inspiring. Even me, like I had a photojournalist from Boston and Sophie Park. Like she's mm -hmm. only like I think a few years out of college, but she's just doing amazing work, like covering politics and has, has this had all these conversations informed your work? I think the thing I learned the most is getting to talk to so many people and people that have like achieved a lot and done a lot. 
everyone that deals with the same fucking problems. <laughs> like even like yes. the people that like I thought or like I, I I put them on a pedestal yeah. and then like getting to have conversations. Even it's more the conversations after we stop recording nice. and you're just like you realize like oh like the type of shit I was talking about. People get like jealous or they think they're not working and this person's working more. I'm like bro, everyone's having the same shit. Yeah. Like even if you're like in year one. The dude who is like at the top, who's like shooting national magazine covers, is having the same mental battles. It's just on a different scale. Yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, that togetherness and struggles is the most important part of the community. Like, you just don't want to be in a community where everyone's like, "I'm so busy and I'm like killing it." And it's just like, well, I, you know, you don't also want to hear that people aren't killing it, but it's just like there, there has to be a reality check of like. It's not uh, cut and dry to to always be, you know, getting to your goals. Yeah, for me, like, I, it is true. Like, people say oh, it's corny, whatever, but, like, surround yourself with, like, people that are doing, like, positive stuff and yeah. it's going to help you. Like, because there's plenty of people, like, you know, they're just, I don't know. Like, I want to be around people that are honest, who are going to help elevate me and push me and like real friends you can have a real conversation with it's not like a transaction thing like like what are you gonna do for me like mm -hmm. all that type of shit so it's like and this podcast helped me do it like i met one of my best friends now this kid uh justin uh justin Cison, who's a great photographer in new york and i met him through doing the podcast like, amazing yeah he's the best and everyone go check out his work he's based in brooklyn and uh because i used to do but this is like four or five years ago before clubhouse i used to just put out a zoom link on friday nights oh, right from 6 to 10 p.m it yeah. was just open oh, zoom yeah. anyone could just come shoot the shit and talk dude it was so fun uh like Ockenfels called in one time yeah. and we shot the shit and then like some random dude from like ohio that shot like cat photos or yeah. just random people i don't, don't, don't want to know about that yeah dude it's still up i think i'm like you think but it's just like yeah man this like if you want to do this in my mind, be an active member of the community, reach out to people. You know, some people are going to be dicks and that's fine, but you'll find like-minded people. And it's like, it's more often than not, than not that people are good and mellow. Yeah. 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 Man. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I do have to say that like you've created a really important time capsule of what we're doing and I appreciate that. So uh, I, I want to say thank you because <laughs> you might not get thanked enough. No, nah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate getting to know you, dude. So I'm taking time to do this because I know you don't do a ton of this shit. Um, but we're going to keep it going. We'll talk to Joe in another couple of years and see what's cooking. And uh, it's going to keep. And if you got any photographers you think I should interview, hit me up. I'm uh, always looking for people. So feel free to reach out. But uh, thanks so much, Joe. Man, thank you. So there you have it. That was the Joe Puyesi interview. I uh, just want to thank Joe so much for taking the time to come back on the podcast. It's always a pleasure talking to him. Like I said, he's one of my favorite portrait photographers working uh, today. Um, so definitely go check out Joe's work at joepug.com, as well as his Instagram, at joepug. I'll put all the links in the description, but definitely go give him a follow. He does amazing work. And like I mentioned in the podcast, with today's episode, with the promo code BANTER, you'll get two months free of the Pick Drop Image Transfer Tool. All you got to do is go to pickdrop.com, enter the promo code BANTER, and you go two months free. So definitely go give that a try and let me know what you guys think. And thanks so much for listening. I got more episodes coming. Um, we're always on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Um, so you can find us there. And as always, thanks so much and take care.